Sorry, can I do that again? <laughs> the change was obvious. So miscellaneous. We used to live it up. Remember, baby? We're like a pack of cards. The king and queen of hearts all fall down. It's time to celebrate. Not the solo career. Oh no, that is flatlined. We, <laughs> we are celebrating the return, the resurgence of Mutia Keisha Siobhan. You're listening to Pot of the Pops. The podcast for reliving and reloving your pop culture moments. Season two, The, the Sugar, Sugar Babes. The comings, the goings and the solo Welcome back to Pod of the Pops, the podcast that usually, usually celebrates the solo careers of British girl band members. But this time today, oh no, we are celebrating the return of a girl band. I'm your host, comedian Erin Twitchin. And for one last time, I am the English rose between two Scottish thistles. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Karen. This series, we've been looking at the girl band who put the riffs into riffs. (laughs) It looks good on paper. Don't know if it translates on podcast, but you know, we'll move on. Well, we are on the last episode. Do you want to <laughs> I have done a new joke every episode. Do you want to hear the ones that didn't make it? Yes, please. <clears throat> we have been looking at the girl band who put the frown into franchise. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. A girl band with more drama than a political daily news bulletin. I mean... Topical. Topical, yeah. The girl band with more soundtracks than a Nokia 3310. I like that reference. I think what I was doing there is... Yeah, I was thinking of that. I thought I was doing soundtracks that it didn't quite... The jump wasn't quite there. You could have said something about the amount of times that they died that's playing Snake. Remember Snake on the phones? What? Um, yeah, but none of the Sugar Babes have died. Unless you have some Avril Lavigne-style conspiracy theory no, where but I mean, a male isn't really times. a male. She's been replaced by... <laughs> I mean, Amoelia. the number of times they changed band members. Oh. Yes. <clears throat> the girl band who changed more times than Cher does in a concert. Hey! Shout out to Cher. I've got one last one. The girl band who put the sing into single. <laughs> that one is genetic. Basic. <laughs> That's why it didn't make it. But okay. I love that, you know, you put so much thought into your writing and I just want to say that you... writing is easy lyrics. You... <laughs> you... Let's... Guys, you have to know that he is the structure of this podcast. Pretty obvious. It's, well, it's pretty obvious. If you hadn't already guessed, uh, me and Karen just sit on our arses and just like, react to his genius. So that's it. Yeah. What can I say? I'm the Heidi. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm the Heidi holding this group together. <laughs> ladies of Liverpool. Everything ladies, everything Liverpool. Each week we have been tracking through the solo careers of the Sugar Babes, the top selling girl band of the noughties. So we track their career as a band, as they rose and as they changed members and then we celebrated their solo careers. But this week things are a little different because unusually the Sugar Babes as we know them Last episode, 4.0, yeah. Jade, Amel and Heidi are no more. This week, the phoenix has risen. The return of the originals. The birth of the sacred three. The prodigal daughters return. rise again, yes. So where did we leave it? All the original members have gone. 
Sugar Babes 4.0 are in the studio. They've been in the studio for six years and produced <laughs> nothing. Almost as long as Siobhan has been in the toilet. So what happened after Keisha was booted from the Sugar Babes? The press were very quick to start suggesting the Origi Babes could get back together and what complications that would entail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The myth goes that Mucha called Keisha. Uh-huh. And they talked about whether they could get back together. But obviously you've got the little problem of Keisha has not talked to Siobhan in, what, 10 years? Is that she- true? Yeah. Well, I listened to, there's a really, if you're a Sugar Babes fan, which if you're not, why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? I'm, I'm sorry. Well, are you looking for a knitting group? Uh, <laughs> it's because they love us. So. Aww. Aww. Well, we hope, if you didn't know who the Sugar Babes were before, I hope that uh, we've opened your eyes to sorry, the joys. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. No, so I was listening to a really good, um, it's a Radio 1 podcast with, I think it's Clara Ampho, and she's got the Sugar Babes on, and they're talking about... London. It's, it's a London podcast, so obviously the Sugar Babes. Was. I was going to say yeah. London. Um, yeah, London. Let's go. So <laughs> they're on talking about their experience of London because I don't know if you know this, but all three of the Sugar Babes, original babes, are from London. Oh, see, I didn't they're... feel the music videos recommended that in any way. They don't like to talk about it, but they are from London, and that was really good. They talk about like their early stuff, and you hear them get. It's, it's a really nice podcast, but yeah. now, and yeah, in that. Keisha said, well, Keisha and Savon, they're both there, say, yeah, they just met up just to see whether they could get on at that point. Right. So they went and they were both really nervous because obviously they hadn't seen each other, but they'd seen each other grow up, I suppose, through press, yeah. which must be really weird. A bit like now, like, I suppose everyone has got like a friends, like friends on Facebook, yes. friends I did inverted yeah. finger commas. Yeah that they know from school mm. that they actually know nothing about but they know everything about yeah through social media they know about yeah. yeah and if you were to actually meet them in person it might be a bit awkward at first but then you simultaneously be like oh we've kind of known of each other's existence but we don't we don't know each other oh i have some that i'm literally obsessed with yeah like, i <laughs> catch i have some that i change the settings so that i get every update yeah like just it's oh, like wow. a, a mini facebook soap i have like this too. There's one girl that I just love her drama. Like she, like, and I don't mean this in a negative way. Like I just think her life sounds hilarious. <laughs> and if I lived in Devon, I would definitely be knocking on her door every day. Is she day. the kind of person that posts status? Too many snakes, DM me, babes. <laughs> no, she is. I'm not going to name her because I don't want to be kicked off of her Facebook because she culls a lot. And I can't believe I've made the cut so many times because I have done a joke about her on stage for 10 years. But um, <laughs> like she culls. And um, recently, she has sold a dog to my ex-boyfriend in Scotland. Did I tell you this yet? Yeah, it's pretty ass. What? Yeah, yeah, the world is smaller than I thought. Yeah, but yeah, I think when they're growing up and at that period when they were working together, you, like, you know, decade on, you're completely different people. So that's what they were excited about and worried about, from yeah. what I understand. But because you'd be like, oh, we're completely different people, so maybe yeah. we'll get on better. And like, grown and you you understand like a lot of that stuff that happens, maybe it's just kids being kids and you're not so you have a, close they, to it. They both have a much better understanding of the industry. Of their well. own mental health as well. Yeah, and yeah. of the yeah, the industry, the forces are at play, like what people were saying. Yeah. And they said it was really nice. It's it was like one of those, you know, where you just meet up and you just click again and it's like mm. you've not been apart. That's nice. nice. I love yeah. it when that happens. Yeah. And you wonder how much uh, Mutia and Keisha were friends as well. Like, because they were friends a lot longer beforehand, you know, before the Sugar Babes. Well, I think it's like we've said, like, 
there must have been some hard feelings yeah. because things would have been said in the press and things would have been misinterpreted by each other. There's no way they could have both been like, you, everything's perfect. Yeah. yeah, and also you wonder if uh, Mutia had told Keisha she was thinking of leaving the band and if she didn't, you know, either way it would be a betrayal, whether it was meant intentional or not, of I course. I think there would have been conversations both ways because she would have been late for things all the time. We said, like, yeah. maybe if you can't turn up, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. Or if we're not your first priority, why are you doing this? And then likewise her going, why am I even here? This isn't this yeah. isn't that important to me. Yeah. I don't care if I'm late. I've got other things. So I think it would have been a bit back and forth that way. And it would have been all those stresses that you endure in a stressful work situation. Yeah. So I guess there would have been some books to close and return to the library. Uh, but <laughs> once they're there... Library. Well, before any music or any rumours even, Miss Mutia Buena lawyers up. She gets herself a lawyer and she files a trademark application with the European Trademarks Authority. She's a badass bitch, man. I love that she, she must is. have been sat there with this written up, waiting. Yeah. The minute Keisha <laughs> left, you know, she drafted this and she was just waiting for Heidi yeah. to slip. Come on, come on. Definitely, <laughs> do need to be so careful because I don't know exactly how the branding works, but at this point they've had three record labels. So I don't know who the actual branding <clears throat> does belong to. So by this point... The sugar babes belong to me. Um, yeah, they'd sold their soul for legs. And um, it belonged to Crown Management, which was the management company that had been before their last record deal right. and was managing the band, brought Jade in. The people knocking on Jade's door. We've yeah. got a space for you. That's Crown Management. Keisha, uh, Mutia, sorry's point is that sugar babes as a name belongs to her as she came up with it with the other two at the age of 14 years old in the recording studio. I think you'll find that was Sugar Babies. <laughs> Which <laughs> Not quite get the same ring to it in their 30s. Yeah. No, I mean, they could have just done that, I guess. But yeah. I mean, you probably get sued for trademark there. Yeah. yeah. And she says that was with a different label and a different management to the current ones. Basically, no one involved with the current iteration of Sugar Babes had anything to do with the beginning and the development of Sugar Babes. I wonder for Mutia, was there that worry that maybe Red One, <laughs> you know, they might have come along and just t- got three new American girls in, you know, like just, just a total regurgitation, almost like a bit of a piss take. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put it past them at this point. Yeah, because I think what we didn't say in the last episode is, you know, like after Freedom had been released and they were talking about that eighth album and it was just all a bit, uh, I remember Heidi saying in this little talks about podcast called the ladies of liverpool podcast we love it. <laughs> everything we liverpool st- everything for ladies we stand you so much <laughs> we've given us so much promo because we are digging through the three series is there oh crazy. back catalog I, uh, yeah i was crying at one this morning i'm, I'm obsessed yeah <laughs> she was saying in that like after seven albums that heidi would have done and 10 years you just it didn't feel like not like worth fighting for, but that you're just tired of fighting against the industry stuff on that. Yeah. Um. So she was ready to be out. So if Heidi's not going to be there, yeah, as the only original, oh, I think so it is going to feel odd. bloody exhausting as well. Yeah. As we've talked about before, Heidi was ready to settle down. <laughs> I was little, just about to say. Little did we know what was going to happen. She was. Yeah. She was ready to. By the way, I wonder if that just putting this out there, but I wonder if the split of the Sugar Babes, the unofficial split. 
maybe contributed to the marriage not happening. Why? Because she's Cause at maybe home. Maybe Dave's like, that. oh shit, like <laughs> not gonna be a sugar babe anymore. Like you, know, I, I, you just don't know. Maybe with with her not having that career anymore, it might have brought on a lot of emotional stuff. Well, and... it changes if it changes your literally your everyday experience of each other. That can mm. bring up like stuff. Like, they could literally be in each other's pockets then. Yeah. Well, no, he would have still been working. <laughs> well, yeah. Where yeah. is he now? Radio, did you say? Oh, I don't know. If people care enough about where Dave Berry is, tweet us, yeah. and we will do a sugar Patreon on where is Dave Berry. Oh, I was Googling him. and. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll put as much research as to where is Dave Berry, what has Dave Berry done, who is Dave Berry. I have actually met Dave Berry. Have you? Yeah, and I think about it. So when we were at uni, we went down to... Do you remember when they had UK TRL? Uh-huh. Who hosted it? Dave Berry. Did he? Yeah. Oh, so that's I think, wasn't on it? MTV, right? Met him and Darius Dinesh. Oh, Darius. Oh, Darius. What happened to you, mate? Yeah. He's in theatre now. Oh, that's right. Isn't he in War of the Worlds? I don't know, but he's got a different surname. Oh, so he's changed oh. it. So, he, yeah. Well, I don't know why he changed it. Maybe he got married and... So him and Marty Pello are similar, similar kind of thing. A lot of people will be like, who the fuck is Marty Pello? But he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been replaced. That's right. He's not in Wet 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 anymore, is he? It's yeah, um, what's in Kevin from Liberty X. That's right. Who won The Voice. And that's now he's in right. Wet Wet Wet. Oh my God, that's right. <sighs> you can't write these stories sometimes. But we will research them. <laughs> yes. And do them in future series. Anyway, the court case. Did you want the result? Yes. Well, pop objection. Oh, <laughs> you've got to do it properly. Oh, yes. like a judge. Yes. Get my gavel. All right. <laughs> God, that lost episode. We put so much work into that concept. Maybe we will put it on there. Patreon. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> will I be the judge? Yes, please. All rise in the court of pop for the verdict of who owns the Sugar Babes brand. My judgment is. To both the plaintiff and the defendant. What? What? Oh, the court goes wild. What does this what? mean? Oh my god. Basically, I grant you, Miss Mucha Buena, because I imagine the judge would never say it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss. You, the one with the tattoos, I grant you the trademark for paper. Cardboard and goods, namely stationery, paper gift wrap, and paper gift wrapping ribbons. <laughs> Note, not perfume. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of it remains with Jade and the gang. So let's have a what the fuck moment. Wait, wait so can we clarify what this means? So now we need... Small win. So basically, it's, I think this is part of a bigger project. So in, I don't really know that much about trademark law. Yeah. Plot twist. Clearly. <laughs> I, even from my sort of armchair understanding, yeah. I have watched a lot of Ali McBeal recently. <laughs> I figured this shit out. Yep. American yep. law, brilliant. Just what we need. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I imagine this is part of a longer plan goal. So yeah. she's, she's only filed for paper, cardboard and goods, right? Stationary. Knowing there is no stationery, sugar babe stationery, because she couldn't go for Barbies because they did a clothes range there. Right. She couldn't go for perfume because yeah. I am p- currently wearing Temptation. Yeah. Right. So you go for something that you you think you can win. There's going to be less competition there in the cardboard realm. You mean there wasn't other people gunning for sugar <laughs> babes on cardboard? 
right? So you can win that. And right. then objectively, you own a part of the, the Sugar Babes then is not just one brand owned yeah, by yeah. one person. I think you're right, yeah. So then later on, yeah. when you know they're not making as much mu- music or whatever, you can go, well, I own this part of it and I was this and we created this. We should be allowed to win back this, right? Because the right. story does thick- thicken. Do you want to do all of the branding stuff now? Run us through it. Yeah, yeah. give us a timeline. So then, 2015, Keisha files for ownership of the Sugar Babes name in the US. Oh. So not for cardboard, for the full name? Yeah, I believe so. For releasing of music. Where the Sugar Babes had very little impact, as we already discussed. That's clever. And she would have been in the band for all of the tracks that were. Yeah. She would have written... Well, they didn't write on the last album, did they? But... Jay-Z's already dropped them, so they don't have representation in the US. And by 2015, the Sugar Babes, Jade and the gang, had not released anything for four years. And Heidi's got her bus pass, you know? <laughs> in terms of age. <laughs> what, at the tender age of 33? But what I mean is, I'm, I'm making a joke about pop music. like that. Oh, know, yeah, 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 by that point. She's yeah. done it all by that point, you know? Well, yeah. haven't they all? I mean... <laughs> yeah, right? So I think another cunning move to getting it back, because then what we do get, and I was going to save this for a celebration at the end, but, you know, spoilers. In 2019, they release Sweet Female Attitudes Flowers as part of the Garage Classical album, which we will discuss at the end, under the name Sugar Babes. So something happens between 2015 and 2019 that means they own the name. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was important to get the trademark in the US though? Do you think they, they were thinking long term maybe they would release music? Or maybe? In Not in U- 2015. Let's talk about, as we talk about the album, yeah. because they're not ready to release anything in 2015. No. I mean, they always keep telling us they're ready, but geez, it's like waiting for something that takes a long time. <laughs> I can't even make the joke because my go to joke is God, we've been waiting so long, it's like waiting for the Sugar Babes album. Waiting for Britney's, what was the album? Freedom. (laughs) Oh! Well, anyway, 2010, they are rumoured to be back together while Jade and the gang are still recording their eighth album, selling Microsoft Windows to kids. (laughs) You wondered why they're not selling more? (laughs) Doing Nokia phones. Officially, they get back together in 2011 under the name Mutia Keisha Siobhan. MKS. Well, I don't think they ever called themselves MKS. Okay. I think that was a fan thing. Right, yeah. It's a little bit ABBA, isn't it? It's a bit. You go down the ABBA, because ABBA is after their names. Amel, BB Rocker, Badass Beard, um, Amira. Is it? Is it after their names? It's yeah. after the names. Did you know that? Yeah. I don't know that. Obviously, those weren't the names. People drag me being like, oh, you don't know the names of ABBA. I mean, I don't, Jordan? but... I-, I have no idea. Bjorn is one. Bjorn is one. Oh. Barocca? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So they're back and they are signed to Polydor. Big ass label. Big ass label. Is this their fourth or they've been been signed before to them, right? I'm sure they've been signed to Polydor. I I think that was... No, they were with London Records to begin with and then they went to Ireland Records and then the Sugar Babes, Jade and the gang signed to someone else which could have been Polydor but I don't think it was no, no I, I don't think it was I can't imagine them signing both at the same time that would be shady yeah Polydor is a big label though like it's the current home of Billie Eilish 1975 Mabel yeah so massive label also has like old school bands like Take That on it and they are reportedly the Ridge Babes get a one million pound record deal 
which I think is big money. That is. What does that mean, though? Does That doesn't mean they get 300 and whatever thousand each, does it? No, I imagine they... Yeah. So that one million is put into developing them as the band. So that yeah. will be recording the album. So they probably get paid a session fee, maybe, yeah. for being there, but it pays all the producers, all the writers. Oh, he it pays for all the branding. Yeah. Well, I just love the idea that Keisha's out there just draining record labels. I yeah, love that. Because, I yeah. mean, they'll get paid in advance. Yeah. Like, oh, here's your yeah. bit. And I love that she will have just taken that six-figure sum to stay with, was it Island Records or Rock Nation, whoever. Yeah. So she's taken that and now she's gone to Polydor. I just love the way of her shopping around, just draining where she can. Fair enough, man. Play the game. The game plays hard anyway, you know? Yeah. Oh, the game's already won. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Right? Don't hate the Keisha, hate the management. (laughs) So, they're writing and recording with some big names. Let me read you the list. You've got Bifco, who are Spice Girls people. Cameron McVeigh, who did the first album and worked with Siobhan. Dev Hines, who's a really cool producer, worked on loads of stuff. Diane Warren, she's mm-hmm. too lost in you. Yeah. Emily Sanday, ever heard Oh, of. I love Emily Sanday. Katie B, M and E K, Naughty Boy, Richard X. Oh, you know what I said yesterday? What happened to Richard X? Well, come out of time. He was waiting. I love that they have been calling up everyone but like your bitches we back I actually think they've been calling MKS yeah well we've got more Shazne Lewis Sia Tom Aspel Sia she gets everywhere man I love her William Orbit and Xenomania our old girls aloud friends wow it's funny that they've been calling everyone apparently it's all down to a Mooch's doiler doiler it's all I was trying to think what her name was in my head and then started to put it into the word daughter apparently Mudge's daughter would just get excited and would steal her mum's Instagram and just slide into producers and artist DMs oh she's working with Bluebell <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're double teaming up but she's just being a total chancer she's like you Karen just she doesn't know how to use LinkedIn but also she's like <laughs> mum I want these trainers <laughs> she gotta make the bills pay make that dollar yeah. <laughs> so really <sighs> I do think the MKS situation is just messy. I mean, we get little trickles of music. So there's a buzz track called Laying Down in Swimming Pools. Love it. Which is a quasi cover of a Kendrick Lamar single. Its release is just to Dev Hines SoundCloud. But the gays are quick and they burnt that shit down. (laughs) That was leaked before you knew it. Yeah. And then we would get a leak of boys, like an acoustic leak, mm. which was just this short video filmed on Keisha's iPhone that I, it felt like it was the only Sugar Babes titillation or song that we got for months. Yes. And it was 30 seconds and it was bomb ass. And I yep. remember being like, where is this goddamn track? Yeah. And guess what? Seven years later, we still haven't had that track released. Oh, so strange, the whole situation. Well, eventually, eventually, we get the first official single. This is in 2013. The Dev Hines produced Flatline. All three girls have a writing credit again. Good for them. We can't have a little listen because laws. So, remind Which yourselves. we respect. Which we respect and abide by. Thank uh-huh. you, Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we live in a world where... You can post hate crimes and you can write inflammatory material all over Twitter. But that's your original and it will material. Remain <laughs> up there. But the minute you put a small sample of a Sierra track with you dancing to it, it is torn right down. Like Sierra doesn't need the extra attention right now. 
better. Not, not that we have any oh, no, strong really, feelings on I this. I um, truly believe in music licensing laws. I think they should be prioritised over everything else on the internet. <laughs> you know, just normal three people trying to get by. Just trying to, to just try to hustle. Or <laughs> Kettle's boiled. <laughs> what are our thoughts on Flatline? I think it's it's nice. Um, nice. A nice in the sense that like uh, they sound good. It's good. A very listenable. Track. Listenable. Um, I feel like okay. I feel like the production sometimes is prioritized over the quality or hearing all of the vocals in detail. That's my feeling. I love the song and I loved the song from the start, but once I may or may not have listened to the album later on, I realised that actually it probably was one of the weaker tracks in comparison to some other tracks. I enjoy it. It's great. The video is not in London. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt that you don't quite get the vocal range that you know the girls are capable of. I love it. I think it was the perfect first single. Oh, interesting. Because... It felt exciting at the time. It didn't sound like everything else on the soundscape. I really liked the way it started, like quite sort of as like a slow and then it ended sort of jubilant. Yeah. I really like that finally we had a Sugar Babe song that was about something real, yes. not being a bit of perfume on someone's wrist. Amen. Right? Yes. Um, yeah, no, there was heart. The heart was back there. Yeah. It felt, it felt genuine. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the big shouty vocal ranges, but you got the interesting texture of their voice. Like, I like that Siobhan started it. It was like we were back at Overload. So you got that voice opening it again. And I thought her first verse was really nice. I thought Keisha did really nicely on the harmonised bridge is is where she belongs, like, lifting that bridge. And then when you get Mutia coming in for that second verse. I just love their voices that you instantly know who's who. They're not... What I tend to find with... Likes the girls allowed. I, you know, I'm not always sure who is singing. Well, it's, it's Nadine. Kind of Nadine scene-y. is singing. Well, the, the good part is Nadine is singing. Yeah. Nadine. Nadine is singing. But um, you know, I, I, it's never samey samey to me. The yeah. voices just complement each other so well. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm surprised that you say that about the singing because I, I know what you mean like the production is very heavy-ish there, but not so much as like the EDM stuff that we've become used to from Sugar mm. Waves. I mean, get sexy. This is not. Yeah. The live performances I felt really well. Like when they did it acoustic. Oh, oh they're shivers, amazing. Total shivers. But that's what I mean. The acoustic is so much better because you just hear it's so much fresher and I just feel like the music kind mm. of sometimes drowns. But that's what I think is nice about this being a first single is you get a track that yeah. I felt could have worked on radio. I don't know why it didn't get so much yeah, more let's pr- talk radio about. attention. But then also you then hear them do it on a TV show and they don't do the radio version. They do this more stripped back acoustic and then you really understand the talent. Like I felt it gave them more range in promo. Yeah, That's true because the fact that they do sound great live and that the live performance is like a piece of art by itself as well as the track. Like you don't always see that in pop. So that's that's what sets them apart. Yeah, when they are harmonising on this, it's like freaky, isn't it? Like, it yeah. really... They're so in tune. It's just shivers down your spine. But what I will say about the live performances at this time, they... And I've watched them a lot because I really love them, but they just don't look 
<laughs> they're happy to be there. Oh. And I don't know whether that's because they're really concentrating and they're really like nailing the vocal. Yeah. I kind of disagree. Do you think? Yeah, I just think they look the same as they always did. You yeah, remember I know. Them. They, were always mo- they were always moody looking. Uh-huh. But they weren't. Keisha was not moody looking when she was getting sexy. But we're talking the three of them together. It just yeah. brings out, and it's not a bad look. It's not, I'm not throwing shade here. I just think that's their style. Yeah, I guess, and maybe it's a return to that. I don't know, it just, and I guess it's a sad, well, yeah. sad, I don't know, it's a it's moody song. A, a moody song, song yes. Yeah. So maybe that is right, but. And maybe, I mean, I'm no, I'm no honest vocal coach here, <laughs> but maybe they sound differently. If you're smiling, maybe that's yeah. a different tone to your voice. That's true. Maybe, yeah. and I wonder whether that is a part of it, like they're just so focused on getting the vocals right, which they do, yeah. that it doesn't come off like they're really glad to be back together. Mm. Should we talk about the video? Being, oh. where did you say it was shot? Is that Muscle Beach, LA? No, it's um, it's on Venice Beach. Which In if, Venice? If, <laughs> no. Venice Beach, Venice. In LA, Venice Beach is, it's often seen on, you know, videos and TV because it's a fascinating place. It's um, in some ways quite hippie. There's a lot of really interesting characters there. I mean, it's maybe being sanitised a bit now but like I remember when I went there was all kinds of strange like street performers and like you know there was the part that was the muscle beach part which was where they all right. work out and people are like jacked to fuck you, work out? you would you would fit in right there <laughs> I darling. mean I would be tiny you would be tiny compared to them but yeah but I love when there's like really like massive guys like working out yeah. I love to like walk along and look like I don't know what I'm doing and then like find a bar and just do a circus trick like flip over and hang by a leg yes like, I just love to show off like that <laughs> big ass guys but yeah like it's I mean it's full it's got a kind of grungy vibe and were there three girls from London recording a music video? <laughs> you, you did I go with you? Uh, yes, we took you there. Yeah. Yeah. It was full of um, and it had weed the big dispensaries. Pier? It had the big yeah, big yeah. pier. Yeah. yeah, like, it's very cool. Well, it's a very bright music video. They look trendy as. Mm-hmm. They go through a number of different costume changes. Yeah. They drive in a car without seatbelts because irresponsible spice. <laughs> they are in nice sequiny dresses running yeah. down a sort of sand tune mm-hmm. there's a marching <laughs> band oh yeah the marching band's a bit funny at the end there's I, a lot going on the, i mean the the, it, the entire thing is filmed you know specifically on the kind of a kind of retro uh filming technique to make yeah, it, it looks look like it was done on my iphone yeah no no it, it's meant to look like it's on like a super eight like from the but 60s I or 70s you know effort of flying over there and doing you know where they may be thinking that later on it could be, you know, it could be released to America. I'm not saying they would, we're Maybe. going to try and break America, but yeah, you know, it definitely would appeal to the American market. Yeah. Maybe. I think it would be odd at this stage. But what I mean, they're like, they're America! Like, <laughs> like after <laughs> everything never, the Sugar Babes have never got the chance. Yeah, yeah. that's why I think it would be really weird be... for someone to be like, on oh, this age, now that you're knocking on 30s door, yeah. to, yeah, let's sell uh, it. J-Lo started her singing career at 30 or hit it just around right, I put my, yeah, okay, put my cards down. You're let's right not there. age, let's not do the age thing. Yeah, you're right. Don't feed, into, don't feed the beast. Well, there was a little bit of criticism and disappointment in the video because it didn't seem to represent the song. 
that had such a strong story mm. and it seemed to go with the sort of fun vibe. It sort of only seemed in contrast to the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is a missed opportunity. But the girls said they just wanted to have a fun video. Like, they felt like after everything they went through the first time around, yeah. they never got to really enjoy stuff. Yeah. And they wanted to just... Mainly because they weren't allowed in the club. <laughs> That's what, to sit in taxis. Plus, have they done the Moody thing already? Yeah, and yeah. they wanted to just enjoy enjoy the experience this time around and not have to mm. go through all the dramas. There was widespread critical acclaim for the song. LME called it worth the 12-week wait. The Guardian thought it was indescribably captivating. I don't remember it getting radio, though, as we just said. I, yeah, I don't remember. I'm not I, even sure it was B-list on Capital. Yeah, I was living in Australia at the time, so this kind of it did pass me by. I know I was listening to it on YouTube, and then obviously Spotify, I think, when it would have got released. Don't remember hearing it on radio. Yeah. Aren't you? No, not at all. I was waiting my arse off trying to make it in the theatre industry in London. I don't know yeah. if I was concentrating enough at the time. And also, do you think people would have just seen MKS and not had that realisation? Well, they would have seen Machia Keisha Siobhan. Mm. But still, would you know the name? Yeah. The, wider, the wider public wouldn't maybe remember the names associated. But you'd think radio would be making that story. Like, they'd be talking about it. Because, you know, radio DJs love to have something to say in between songs. Yeah, I... I feel like it must have gotten mentioned on Radio 1 and things like that. You know, it must have. I think. I don't know. I don't remember at the time it did. And the release on this is messy. MK mess. We wouldn't expect anything less from Sugar Baby. <laughs> Quite honestly, yeah. So the track was originally scheduled for release in the UK and Ireland on the 1st of September 2013, but was then delayed until 15th of September for unknown reasons. Oh. The release date was then changed a second time, bringing it forward to the 6th of September. Yeah, what the hell's going on behind the scenes right now? Which is a Friday. Right. So it did coincide with the performance, I think, on Graham Norton or on some live show. But uh-huh. So at that time, because of the way charts used to run Monday to Sunday, whereas now they run uh, Saturday to Friday, it meant that it only had two days of sales to account towards the charts. Do you think that was deliberate? Well, it was done. On per- it was done. Like, they moved the date. But, but do you think didn't. it was to take the pressure off? As in, to go, well, we only had two days to chart? Mm. I think that would be really dumb, personally. Yeah. And it doesn't work. I mean, they chart number 50. So it's the lowest charting of any Sugar Babe single, but this isn't a Sugar Babe single, so it doesn't count. I rolled my eyes there because I think it counts. Maybe. I mean, mm. just maybe the girls had a dream. A vision of charts moving from Sunday to Friday. <laughs> where pop music fans could find out their fave singles process on their way home from work. So they didn't have to suffer the indignation of sitting up on Saturday night going, where? Where will MKS land? Where will they chart? They just didn't want to ruin people's weekends. Uh-huh. And then the charts followed. They did move to a Friday. So oh, if true. anything, psychic babes. Yeah. That's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, that must have been a disappointment, 50. Yeah. I wonder if the delay is all to do with the name, though. Do you think they were, maybe they'd heard rumours that they could start a court proceeding, or... What, so they delayed it from the 1st of September 2013 to the 15th, hoping that that two weeks... But you don't know what goes on in the crazy world of pop. We don't know. Maybe they were disagreeing. But why would you bring it forward to a Friday and not to a normal Monday? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe the company were like, enough, we've got to release it. And it's, you know, how much say do they get in Well, they days? couldn't wait two days. I know, I think it's madness too, but I just... Maybe we're reading too much into it. 
All right, yeah, someone just typed it wrong. <laughs> Looking at her daughter do it, she didn't realise the mistake. Yeah. She typed it in, she was too busy on Instagram. Yeah. Chatting to Boy Bill. <laughs> Made the mistake. I just, yeah. I mean, they said that they weren't disappointed that charts weren't a big deal to them, which I imagine they won't be. Siobhan gave up on charts years ago. Yeah, but yeah. also singles. I mean, who, how are they even, how do you even chart singles? Spotify does is not taken into account. Yeah. True. And like, also... They're, like you say, it's a single. Do they care? They always said they were working on an album, like they were creating a body of work. That was what they were used to. That's what their vision was. Yeah. Siobhan says, I don't think our song got lost on the radio. I think there were certain things that happened behind the scenes that couldn't be helped. Our goal was to put a song out that people liked, and we think we've done that. She says, We've been dying to get the music out there, and it's been a long time coming. It's great to start the campaign and get going with the tour. The tour is what it's all about, really, as our live performance is such an important part of who we are. In that respect, the single has done the job it was meant to do. Fair, fair enough, man. She's, I mean, she's good at she's telling said, people why her singles didn't chart. Yes, yeah. yeah. If you were being unkind, she might have experience in that. Oh, but... that was what I implied. <laughs> uh, I knew what I said. Yeah. I don't think it's been unkind. It's just, it's, it's evidence. You know? Yeah. It's, it's true. Also, I think they're, you know, being a bit older and being mature, they're just like, okay, fine, we're going to make what we want to make and put it out into the world and see what happens. That's it. Yeah. Well, they do put it out into the world. They go on tour. It's a very small tour. Mm-hmm. The Sacred Three Tour in November 2013. Just six dates. One of the biggest regrets of my life was not getting tickets for that. Because I was I was in Birmingham and they did Birmingham. I This is madness. I didn't know anyone who wanted to go. Oh. And so I was thinking, I was constantly putting off getting tickets. And then oh, and no. then I was thinking, oh, I'm going to wait till the album comes out and then go and like really enjoy it. If you could see my face right now, I'm shaking my head, Aiden. Well, because mate, I genuinely thought, I didn't, so stupid, I didn't see that they go away. I was like, let them get the album out. It's only a six-day tour. They're just getting ready. But that would be like the best tour. It's like when Lizzo came to Glasgow. It was on the smallest. It was like the O2 Academy, which is pretty small. And no, next time she comes, it's going to be the huge stadium. So I'm just like, oh, I wish I could have seen her when she was like small and just and then it would just all be on her voice rather yeah. than props and costumes and stage you know it's, yeah. it's just that Mate, person as someone who's seen Lisa Scott Lee in the back room of Nightingales when I worked there the small scale productions isn't all it's crept up to be but your voices <laughs> though are what makes it what are you yeah. saying about Lisa Scott Lee <laughs> well the tour itself is a real nostalgic moment they open with Promises the One Touch album track bold that is very bold. They were like, we're going to take it. We're going to go a deep cut to right. about the very start. Open with a hit. Screw you. This is for the fans. Yeah. I kind of love that though. They don't give a fuck. That's brilliant. Well, they do a bit. They do the original choreography. The sugar the sugar shuffles back. Yes. They do it in, they do the run for cover sugar shuffle. Love they do it. the overload chair routine. I love it. Bold. Bold. We don't get any Siobhan songs. Maybe a miss moment. But we do get hole in the heads. We get stronger. We get too lost in you. That's funny. I wonder if she'd obviously have had to have learned all them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well it's she... like Jerry coming back and singing <laughs> goodbye, innit? Did she, she sang Holler at Spice World yeah, last, last year. Yeah. I don't think she sang a solo on it. When you say sang, our mic was turned down. <laughs> she means. She was cold. Anyway, my point is they go bold, bold, bold. And they debut a number of new tracks that the crowd already know. Why? Because the gays know how to find a leak. (laughs) 
We get the aforementioned boys. We get today, no regrets, love me hard and all right. Why am I mentioning this? Well, I would hate for someone to go on YouTube and search these names and find the tracks and enjoy them. I would absolutely hate for that. And I absolutely must advise people not to search for them on YouTube because they're almost certainly not there. And they're also not certainly really good. (laughs) (laughs) Paying attention. I hope you all are. After the tour, things get a bit quiet. They're performing in early 2014. They're constantly saying they're working together and that the album is coming, but there's no news of a single. We get another odd choice of like a buzz track appears on YouTube, the song Back in the Day. Mm-hmm. And I love the lyrics about it. It's all about their early life. It's, so it's, a, it's a slower ballad thing. It's a lovely song. I really love this sort of theme of them looking back on everything that happens because they are back together yeah it feels sense for them to be doing this narrative of us making sense of what happened and yeah. everything we went through yeah and i love it it's yeah. these real moments about them being in the car skipping school and it just reminds you how real they are well yeah because i feel like this goes right back to the one touch roots because in one touch they were genuinely talking about there were lyrics about them being younger mm-hmm. and wanting to be you know older and mature and respected and this again they're talking about where they are in their lives well as i feel like sugar babes had basically totally it was a descent into just being about nothing yeah and yeah. at least meaning has been brought Certainly back. by Sweet Seven, You mean yeah. Where My Kiss isn't uh... <laughs> a... deep and meaningful song. Yeah. Um, definitely, I totally agree. And especially when, you know, when we were saying before in earlier episodes about the comparison with Girls Aloud and like, yeah. oh, could this have been a Girls Aloud song? Flatline maybe could have been, although I don't think it's their style, but this back of the day song could only have been them because yeah. they've written it and it's about their story and it, and it matches yeah. the journey. Exactly. Which I love. And as it buzzes out, they're sort of going, the album's coming, definitely going to be this year, which they've said every year for the last six years. But then at Christmas 2014, after a year, over a year of waiting, we get the precious gift of a full leaked album. Which we do not endorse. We We do not not endorse. We have not listened to it. I definitely didn't have the link to that Spanish website that leaked it saved on every phone in my house. And there was definitely (laughs) no rumours that a sugar babe had leaked it, was there? Definitely no one would say that one of the sugar babes... Beginning with... M, maybe. Was it ML? Um, (laughs) No rumours that they leaked it. It's so weird because it was hidden on some random Spanish blog post. Yeah. I do not know what the article said because the only Spanish I can say is, is your college big? (laughs) So I don't know what... Oh my God, if it was released on a Spanish blog post, we've all this time been saying it was Mutia. Who do we know that speaks Spanish? So she was actually the real mole. Oh. (laughs) The amole. The amole. Do we want to talk about okay well i mean we obviously haven't listened to this leaked album because we respect music rights too much it's fucking tremendous none of us (laughs) have listened to it none of us have downloaded the tracks from youtube and created a secret google drive album that we've shared with all of our friends as a christmas gift none of us have done that but going off the leaked track titles yes 
could you maybe try and imagine what they might have been like? And if you have any favourites? I like boys. Boys should have been that banging second single. It would have been the first time they could have gone banger, banger ballad. Yes. See, I You would have done what you always said. Boys we can talk about because they sang it. They sang it live. There were live versions on YouTube. They did it at like Brighton Pride. Yeah. That song sounded fresh. Still sounds fresh now. Yeah. Fantastic. I really like No Regrets, which mm-hmm. they sang live, so I can say that I heard. Yeah. yeah. But there's, a, I, I mean, I don't know because I've not listened to the leaked album, but I imagine that there's this real vibe of sort of nostalgia and also like repairing friendships. Yeah. Which I think is such a nice, obviously, you know, I love friendships. I was going to say, this is like right up our Oh my God, this is music porn for me. <laughs> but um, if, if that's what it is. <laughs> We wouldn't know. I <laughs> would not know. But I just really like that. It's, it's a completely different topic for them to be singing about. And for, yeah. that's coping in Congress with what bands are doing at that time. And just so nice to hear that and have that sort of educated discussion. I actually felt really sad when I did not listen to the album. Yeah. Because when I did not listen to the album, it made me think of how things could have gone a totally different direction. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Like, when there's, a, pa- what there's do you a parallel like if, universe. Like, if the three of them had stayed together and oh. produced songs to that calibre, like, yeah. for the last 20 years, it's just, it's limitless. The they thing is, gone. they wouldn't have done, though. Like, I really don't think they would have done because they got dropped as it was. And even if they'd, even if Siobhan had done her hustling and got them a second record deal... I think if they'd made, carried on making the music that they were making, as unfortunate as it is, and as much as I would have bought it, I don't think it would have reached commercial success and we wouldn't have got... Yeah. I we wouldn't have got bangers have got... like Where My Kiss. <laughs> would uh, you have had the gay following as well? Yeah, Like the first album? I was, but, you know, I can't speak for every gay. Normally I'm allowed, but I haven't been given the talking <laughs> stick today. <laughs> it's what, not a mean... stick, it's a dildo. Yeah, you mean... <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm so glad you said that. Not as... <laughs> I'm allowed. Um, yeah, it's not as if you're actually a monolith, you know. <laughs> also, it's not just gays buying the Sugar Bears records, it's girls as well. But like, they yeah. just, it just is increasing the prevalence, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, maybe they would, but I don't know. I know, I feel exactly the same, Karen. I think, like, you just go, oh, why aren't they being given the chance to share this music with the world properly? But it's then, so frustrating. I say that to Polydor, do you know what I mean? Like, I haven't heard the leaked album, but... I imagine that it is of a real quality and it feels like a cohesive album. It's got this real mood to it. It was slightly different to the landscape that was there musically at the time. Mm. It felt, I haven't heard it, but it, I imagine it felt like an upgrade and a progression from One Touch that sort of yeah. felt. I mean, some of the songs, I imagine, feel quite Siobhan-y, but yeah. like separated. It definitely feels like... Yeah a Sugar Babes album. Mm-hmm. And for them to do that after having not worked together, vocally it sounds great. They captured the, what, what's the phrase? They captured the magic in the bottle again. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Not the genie in the bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> they let that out. Yeah. But I, I suppose what that does say to me, you know, if they can't use any of those tracks anymore and they're still going to realistically give us an album, will they be able to still create another album of that quality? Like, have they already used up those themes Mm. that I really want to hear? I don't think so. But then if they did it for that, for the leaked album, 
if they did, we didn't listen, we don't know, then surely they'll be able to do it again. Yeah. Like you said, yeah, Ryan, yeah. But do you think involved. they're holding off to re-release that as their new name? Under their the old Sugar new name? Well, they've got the new name, though. They've had it, like, nearly a year. I well, mean, not might... many people know this, but there's been a global pandemic. <laughs> so maybe that has been a spanner. Because this was our 20 years coming up, right? Yeah, so one of the reasons why we did the podcast is it's 20 years since One Touch was released. So they've been talking for a while about doing something for it. Yeah. Akisha and Mutia have definitely been, they were doing the interview rounds in the early part of 2020 mm. and saying, we can't say what. This is the, I, get, I totally understand why they do it. Yeah. But because they've been doing it for six years, going, something is coming, we can't tell you what. I just, I'm, I struggle with it. It's, <laughs> it's difficult for me to trust them. I love them and I will follow them. I will follow them home. Yeah. But I do not trust that they're not taking me to a Russian slave trained hotel <laughs> because they've taken me there before. But not oh. these ladies, not all of these ladies. Keisha did. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard for them because obviously they know that question's coming up and they're they're not allowed to say and I know. It must be frustrating for them. I know. They yeah, can... you're right. At some point they are dropped by Polydor. I couldn't quite find when. And oddly, Flatline has been removed from streaming services. Oh, it's not on Spotify. No, I couldn't find it on Spotify and I couldn't find it Guys, on I am in this for the money. 100% this album's going to be re-released. 100%. Oh, Flatline's going to come under Sugar Babes. Betty. And what, the Sacred 3 album will be released? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Their new, their, la- their latest Which album. Which was France recording ago. Sacred 3. Yeah. Did it have a name? E, Are we just calling it under the album, under the tour name? No, that's what I mean. I wouldn't, but if you were to search for it, you wanted to find the leaks. I imagine if you typed in "Sugar Babe Sacred 3, you it would, would come you up. would find it. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if I was the sort of person that was going to create the album on a Google Drive and share it with my friends, which I would. Wouldn't. Which yeah. I wouldn't. I would probably call it Sacred Free. Okay. Yes. Especially yeah. if I was going to then download it onto my phone, which you can do by downloading it off YouTube and then making it into a track and dropping it into your Apple and making a playlist of the album. Yeah. And then just updating it on your phone. I don't know if that works. I've never done it. Yeah. But yeah. I would probably call that Sacred Three. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose we don't know as well though. Could they have recorded fifty tracks in the recording studio? Oh, and they're just they always do. Right? Yeah, but it's like that's what I mean. Are they, are they maybe, just... maybe maybe we've not not heard the best ones. Yeah, so like <gasps> that's exciting. The ones that we haven't heard, maybe they're not even the best ones. Maybe maybe we're... I although I feel like Boys is one of the top two. Right. Oh, yeah. But maybe they've got even bigger bangers. Maybe <sighs> they're not making bangers. Oh uh, well. They're okay. making moody uh, mid tempo sugar uh, shufflers. Like for me those are bangers. So. Oh. <laughs> I mean but Boys is a banger. Yeah. It's a shower yeah. song for me. Yeah. But I I came no regrets on repeat. That YouTube video where they do Google sessions oh, and they do it live. Their voices are just wow. Yeah. I'm uh, guys if you haven't heard of the I'm sure you'll have the honest vocal coach I've only just discovered her you should because I told you YouTube. about her yeah she's amazing and it's really good to see the way she dissects like the sugar yeah. babes and her yeah. yeah she does a whole series yeah. on the sugar yeah. babes and does them as individuals we love because here at Pod of the Pops we're all about solo career yeah so we've sort of danced around this we've sugar shuffled around this topic for <laughs> Eight episodes. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about ownership. Mm. Who owns the Sugar Babes name? 
So we have seen four iterations of the Sugar Babes. You have the original with Siobhan. Then you have Sugar Babes 2.0 when Heidi joins, when it's mm. Mutia and Keisha. Sugar Babes 3.0 where it's Amel, Keisha and Heidi. Yeah. And then the final version, Sugar Babes 4.0, where there are no original members. Technically, unless like me, you think of Heidi as an original babe. And you have Jade, Heidi and Amel. Mm. And then you get the sort of fifth iteration of Mutia, Keisha, Siobhan, which are unable to use the name so the notes i've got here it's i was thinking about reflecting upon who we did in our first season so this was never able to happen with the spice girls this kind of evolving because i mean i remember at the time when jerry left there was maybe some small questions about could she be replaced but i think with the spice girls there was much more of a cult of personality in comparison to the Sugar Babes. Because well, yeah, because they were built on personality. Exactly. It was yeah. all about Scary Spice, Sporty Spice, blah, blah, blah. Can I applaud you for cult of personality? Thank you. But it's true. It's um, That was what Spice Girls were all based upon. And it wasn't... The Sugar Babes were... Li- they were more about being a cohesive harmony and about the voices. And there was less importance placed on, on them as themselves as a In contrast to every other girl band being built and released at that time because yes. you know you think girls thing yep. they were girls that play were literally given job roles as theirs. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think it is important to remember that I feel like the record companies did think about their race. You know, so they were replaced uh, by yeah. it wasn't just always three white girls. It but was... like also that could be seen as offensive. Like, oh, was Amel a trade in for Mutia? Like yeah. Yeah. Which Amel, Mutia thought <laughs> Amel is from is from Moroccan heritage. Yeah. yeah. Both her parents are Moroccan. Mutia is of a Filipino Irish yeah. descent. Like it's not I don't even think they're in the same But Mutia did say she felt it was a direct replacement for I her. I know, but we yeah, but I thought that was more about vocal. Mm. Because they went for someone with a husky. Well. But they're from completely different continents, aren't they? Morocco I don't know where Morocco is. Right. Straight up, because I had my friend James was from the Philippines. I used to think the Philippines was a Scottish island. <laughs> I can't not say that because he will be listening to this being like, you cannot sit there going anything about where that country is because it took you ages to realise why it took seven, eight hours to get there. <laughs> I said, like, what did you do, swim? <laughs> I grew up in Devon. I was it was very geographically ignorant. Okay, and we should... This is actually... You've maybe hit on a point here. Obviously, yes, the beginning was quite organic. However, they were taken on and moulded by primarily white men. Okay? So... We think... We, we believe. Um, but given but that most of the record the, industry is. Statistically, yeah. <laughs> we are correct. Um, but the issue of race, you've just kind of clarified that because as white people, you know, and I'm talking very stereotypical yeah. here, we don't know if necessarily if someone's from Morocco or the Philippines. You know, we, just know that we just know that they've got a certain, and this is a heavily offensive term here, but, you know, they're just be like, oh, she's slightly exotic. Yeah, you know? that is exactly so what they would have been saying. So actually, I do think they were replaced. So you're right, to so the untrade up. But now, putting 2020 glasses on yes. and having the knowledge that we have now, Wrong. Yeah. Not wrong, but like, yeah, wrong, actually. Yeah, it's not... I if that's why they've been done. Especially then when yeah. they're bringing Jade in and they don't know which one she's replacing. Oh, yeah. well, be one of the one of the brown ones. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, oh, she won't, be re- we won't let her replace Heidi, obviously. But 
I think there you know is I mean? an element of this. There is, I yeah, think, for because sure. They never, repli- they never had a bond in the group. You know, it was always Heidi was the bond one. Yeah. They, they, I don't think they would ever have had another white bond girl in that group. But they were quite... Well, if Heidi had left, they would have replaced her. Well, that's but, what I mean, yeah. But yeah. I think by the time that they're deciding after Get Sexy and they're kicking one out, I don't think they were thinking, oh, if, if Heidi goes, we'll get Jade in. Yeah. I really don't think they would have gone on with her. No. It's true. I think the initial appeal to them visually was that they were very naughty's aesthetic. It was more concentrating on the music. It wanted to give them a more mature image compared to a lot of the kind of uh, very light-hearted, child-friendly like Spice Girls and other types of yeah. pop acts. But also, like, wasn't it Ron Tom himself who did the kind of Benetton comparison? United Colours of Benetton. And that was very of, like, the aesthetic of the time. It was being cosmopolitan. It was young. It was modern. So, you know, there was that kind of image. I mean, in terms of moving on to talking about, like, who owns the name? I mean, the thing is, this does happen in music. And it doesn't just happen in pop because... I realised what I was saying before was being like, oh, it's, you know, it's just, this is a massive example of how pop is all constructed and it's all like, you know, puppets. I mean, it happens in rock music, like Fleetwood Mac, currently wearing their t-shirt today. Um, Yeah, Fleetwood Mac and Panic! in the Disco examples of in rock music, where all of the, uh, at times, all of the other members have left and there's just one left. And oh, this really? is accepted. Do you know yeah. what the other one is? What was that um, group that the like the non-pop kids were into when we were at school? Um, Slipknot? The ones with the maskies? Yeah. Maskies? The maskies? The maskies? Yeah. I wasn't into it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing about Slipknot. Really? Can you guess? I mean, Slipknot's kind of hilarious where I think a lot of people might be offended, but I think it is a genuine point. Whereas they all had, you know, masks, they had personas and names. And it was often actually, I think... Cult of personality. It was a cult of personality within it. And it made them a very um, strong aesthetic. You know, it was a very, very different aesthetic because it was metal. Mm. But it still was. It was all constructed. But you could have replaced any of them as long as they put the right mask on. That. But actually, they did reference when people changed because they would have a mask and persona of their own, right? Oh. And it did happen. And didn't, also to didn't an, know that to an extent, like the one of the you know the main singers, he had another band where he sang much more kind of uh, like folky rock, oh. much softer. Is he on the stuff. new Taylor album? Uh, I mean, damn, probably he, he could have. That's so, next week's tweet. I know, right? So like, it's one of those things where actually people think it's just a pop thing. It's not just a pop thing. Like, but it's anything commercial, isn't it? Like, you think... So, I bet the person who started Colonel Chicken or whatever his name is, <laughs> Colonel Bernie Sanders, who started KFC, he... Colonel Sanders! Colonel Bernie Sanders, sorry. <laughs> who started KFC is not still making the chicken. And yeah. the people who he started it with are not still working for him. But is KFC still KFC? Oh, it's just a... Yeah, okay. Guys, I think these are really weak examples here. I'm sorry. Fleetwood Mac and Slipknot were comparing them to Sugar Waves. I know know you're not comparing them. I'm I'm talking about structure. No, I know, but I don't think there was any... I don't think people of that era could maybe name the the four in Fleetwood Mac or the the numbers, the members in Slipknot. I think with pop, it's much more personal and I do believe they were replaced for their races. 
That's my opinion. Okay, yeah. I think you make a point here, but like people do know all the members of Fleetwood Mac. Like they all are a cult of personality in themselves. Like people are huge fans. Like you know, I don't think the same way as in the nineties and early noughties. Okay, fair enough. That it would be. But my point about those was I was to say that for me, I feel like development is okay with you know members swapping in and out, and it's perfectly fine as well for bands to their their sound to evolve but my point was was in those two examples at least one core member has stayed the same and this is not what ended yeah. up happening with the sugar babes it ended up just going past that i think as well because like so much changes well. like i remember reading an article by this really famous journalist called kerry katona <laughs> Closer magazine. Oh, the award-winning, the award-winning journalist shopping at Iceland. You know, like they always had like an opinion piece back in the day, like in the thing. And she was commenting on a Sugar Babes change. I can't remember which change. Maybe it was a Mel coming in over Matteo, or maybe it was Keisha going. Yeah. And she was saying, "I think it's fine because like you'll always still have that Sugar Babe sound that makes you know that it's them." And I was thinking, "Nuh-uh," because. <laughs> Like, the Sugar Babes sound to me is their voices anyway. Yes. But as we've talked about through this, like, the evolution album to album, like, what? Like, there is, the sound is completely changing. Yes. Depending on the lineup, which is fine. I didn't hate any of the evolutions. No. Maybe there was one. But I don't think you can say, oh, but you know, it's the Sugar Babes sound. No, because the whole focus at the beginning was their voices, harmonies. how their voice, their harmonies, and that they had very, quite distinctive voices too. Yeah. And so for then you'd completely just look for that to have been the original focus and then to have changed them out. It's not, yeah, that, that was the whole point of them for then for it to evolve till it was just like, you know, club music where they shouted over a EDM beat. Everybody go mad if you got to go psycho, psycho, psycho. Everything is auto-tuned to absolute fuck. But that's with the era of the time. Yeah, it is. But I'm just like that. The, yeah, it was all going after money. That's what I'm gonna say. It just like fuck, that, that fuck is what it was originally. Unfortunately, yeah. it's fuck, a cash fuck, cow. You fuck what everyone what it was actually about. Like fuck the industry. This is art. <laughs> well, even as late as 2019, a Mel is telling the official chart company that they own the name. I'm guessing Crown Management. That right. they own the name. That they are the Sugar Babes or well, mm. Jade Remix version. Oh. And that they could be getting back together. Ooh. This is 2019, so... Who's this? Amel. That's... Probably while she's talking about her hit role on the Club Tropicana musical. <laughs> she says they could be reforming for a European tour. Jade was never going to do that. Even as Aladdin is ending, she's not thinking, oh yeah, let me dust off my little black leather shorts and get back out and be a sugar babe, which I was for five minutes. Oh, bless No her. way. And yeah. Heidi hates flying. She's not going to do a European tour, is she? In <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that is, that's odd to have found that, especially knowing then in 2019 that the Siobhan remix, they then released the DJ Spoonie Garage Classical album version of Flowers as Sugar Babes. Mm. Sort of slipped out without much, there was a buzz of it coming, but then being called the Sugar Babes was sort of, there was no, hey, guess who we are now? Name change, it was just put on the track. Is he very big? DJ, DJ Spoonie. Spoonie. He was huge in the early noughties. I think he's still been a DJ ever since. Right. But, but he's it's... not of the... I mean, I know he is of the time because he's releasing music, but is he of the kids' time now, do you think? Mm, no, no one no. said he was. Yeah. This... Sorry, honey. 
the Garage Classical album <laughs> was not made for the TikTok generation. It's true. It's for us. Yeah. DJ Spoonie was not like, hmm, I know what the kids are thirsty for. Garage Classical. Let me ring up my know. old friend Keisha Mutcher. You never Javon. know they're thirsty for every fashion out there, you know? True. So, it's all coming like, back. I mean, they're all wearing Y2K fashion in a way. They should get into the music of the time. So they do this cover of Sweet Female Attitudes, Flowers, which would have been released at the time they were um, starting out. Fun pop fact. Do you know which member of Girls Aloud turned down the opportunity to be a part of Sweet Female Attitude? Ooh. Uh, Nadine? Nope. Sarah Harding. Oh. They wanted them belty tones. It was a bit odd to have the Sugar Base releasing a track in 2019. Like, no one was really expecting it. No, no. it was about the blue, wasn't it? Slipped out there. Yeah. Well, they say we're still working together. That's really easy to say and reassure fans. We're kind of stronger than ever. Oh. Things were really difficult when we were teenagers. The vultures were out. It was new to us and relations were strained or whatever. I mean, that secret language would not have helped. No. <laughs> Then we got back together and you've got to go through that full circle of almost like therapy of working out who you are now and what happened back then. We've done all that now and we're ready. And that's what they say. Like 2020, they're saying there is a big thing coming for the 20th anniversary of One Touch. And then obviously Miss Rona <laughs> got Ms. to them. Rona. What do we feel that project would have been? tour and an album probably the album we didn't release because we don't know the format of the album we don't know what songs were yes. recorded at the time and yep. I still think it wasn't released because of the Sugar Babes thing I think if when you know how long Courts and Casey's drag on years yep. and years especially yeah. trademark and copyright yep. I think it's been in the pipeline but they've not been allowed to legally to see why I, I think you're think, right I, I think you're wrong and oh. only because they've been dropped by Polydor I don't think they'll own why, any of that music why anymore why would Polydor spend or or aim to spend a million pounds on them and not release the album it's, there's just so many questions especially when that. it could be just put it on iTunes exactly do you know what I mean I, yeah especially if it's leaked oh, I wonder out. if Polydor they've signed them as MKS this you know Mutia and the girls have gone for this trademark there's been a total sort of a crossover cl- clash. copyright trademarks etc etc I don't think it was worth the record company's time in terms yeah. of legal suits, maybe. It's like reti- it's like when you um, make someone redundant. Do you know what I mean? You have to pay a payout, yeah. but in the long run, it will be cheaper. It's yeah. like that. Right. So I don't think they can release those tracks that they had before. Possibly. Oh, that's shit. I, so I, in, as much as I want one, I'm not expecting an album. And I would rather be surprised by them than be hopeful. I mean, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic overall. Though what you were literally just discussing there, I think actually reflected to me what is an overall topic when you discuss about the Sugar Babes. Who are the gatekeepers to their talent? The record label, yeah. Well, yeah, but it just, it really is an exploration and just like how things can be fucked up for people. Like people with so much potential and talent and for numerous reasons... You know, you get chucked out of the band, you get brought into the band, they decide for a different sound, blah, 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 blah. Who has creative control? Exactly. And it's all of the people behind the scenes, the people who we can't even put names on a lot of the time. And who the girls can't even, they can't even speak about the reasons why, because it's all tied into legal, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what I think we will get. And I think we'll get it in 2021 now, but it'll still be called a 20th anniversary tour. I think we'll get a in full 
performance of One Touch. Okay. You know, kind of like Alanis Morissette's done yeah, with yeah. Well, Jagged Little Pill. She's well, about to because we were trying. going to go. Oh, is that... Oh. Two years. I've got a year and a half to go. Oh, so I think sad. it'll be like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we won't even get it in 2021 then because all the venues are booked up because it's hard to book something now because everyone's... Yeah. I don't think we're going to get new music from them. Whatever? Or... Um, I think it'll be dependent on how that If we haven't go. had it... I know, I know that they've got the name. I, I really... I, I would love it. And I really think... I don't think that they've not been working on stuff. I don't think we're going to get a full release. We might get a couple buzz tracks. I respectfully disagree. I would love you to be right. I, would I love, think love, they've got love nothing to, right. to lose, but I also think Siobhan's in the process of... She's our kid. Perhaps she's trying for another. She, yeah. you know, she's busy with family life. I, I think it's never too late. Girls are still young. It's crazy to think they've they, Their voices still sound amazing. They've looked after themselves. Yeah, I think they could crack it again and come back in the way that a lot of other 90s and noughties groups have. I've just remembered another reason why we won't get that album, because some of the tracks have already gone to other artists. Like Bananarama had... Um... Yeah, but what I'm saying is they probably went in and recorded 50. Well, we can only hope. We and live I, and I love hope. your positivity about it all. I know. <laughs> I do, I do, I'm just realistic with the Sugar Babes. Yeah, I, know, now, I, know. I think. And also, I haven't obviously listened to the leaked album, but if I had, I would have felt very satisfied with that and disappointed that it didn't get a release. I think if I had listened to it, I would feel satisfied that I did get that final album off them. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Guys, we're at the end of the series. No. This has gone so quick. I would have loved, and you know, we might do a follow up in twenty twenty one if things with COVID calm down. Yeah, you know, because there might be more news to talk about. Oh my God, if they go on tour, we're going to see them. Oh, I'm not and missing it's it again. Be amazing, yeah. Are there any final thoughts, takeaways, major learning points? I mean, I've learned that Chiffon's college is big. <laughs> I've also learned I am applying that to every situation, particularly now that means to me someone is gay if their college is big. Yeah. I think I've learned that you have to stick to your guns and if it doesn't feel, if things don't feel right for you in a professional settings, it's okay to walk away. Even though it was painful for fans like Siobhan leaving in the first place, that was probably the very best decision she could. For her mental health. yeah, Yeah, she could take at the time. And respect her as a young woman being in on the other side of the world and being like, no, I'm done because I'm I'm not feeling it right now because that was what was more important. I, so big respects. And I think it's just been a sort of whirlwind of of knowing about all the different girls and actually what they've all been through and how similar some of them are. You know, with the bankruptcy. Yeah. And some of them have had brushes with the law. And, you know, there's just been a whole sort of a web of complex relationships, friendships. And essentially, you know, racism has been a big topic yeah, that we've kind yeah. of covered. A whole bunch of topics, actually, that have just been interwoven into this beautiful sugar baby love bubble. And I, I think... don't know I'd call it a love bubble. <laughs> Love hate bubble. It's a, well, I'd call it a web. Well, love bubble. Wow. They're all spiders on this web. Yeah. Like, no, I'm gonna put love bubble because it's my love bubble of oh. sugar bits. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. yeah, I I have found things out that I have not, you know, did not previously know. Well, that is the aim of the podcast. We bring it you is. the facts you can't find on Wikipedia. Exactly. I have one sort of final statement to make before I summarise the series. I would like to make a retracting statement. 
In earlier episodes, I may have said some disparaging and upsetting things about a certain track called Easy mm-hmm. off of The Greatest Hits. Yeah. I maybe said it was an anti-feminist anthem. I maybe said that it was sexualized and innuendo to the point of ruin. I maybe said the video shot in the toilets was cheap and nasty. I mean, I don't know if you're wrong about any of these things. No, I don't disagree with any of my points. What I do want to say, God, it's a hell of an earworm. (laughs) I have had that stuck in my head since we recorded that. And I cannot stop singing the lyrics. And now I find them so laughable. I don't think I'll ever be able to receive a letter without saying, Hey, Mr. Postman, (laughs) where's the mail for my mailbox? I'm never going to be able to fly on a plane without saying, landing click stage, what's it? Landing strip clear just south of the airport. No, you keep getting those two lines wrong, honey. I've got a landing strip clear for you at the airport. Oh, and then any time it rains, I'm like, the weather's nice and wet just south of the border. So really what we mean to say is we thought those lyrics were just superficial, but actually, guys, there was some underlying curtains. They're just useful. Yeah, they're just, you know, in every day you can just bang them out. There you go. I think we picked the f- perfect bands to follow up the Spice Girls. Yeah. When we started, we weren't sure. I was certainly unsure because of certain factors. But it feels like a natural mm. progression. Yeah. And it feels like the exact right time to do them. They were a progression in our lives. Yeah. I moved on from the Spice Girls to the Sugar Bears. Yeah. Definitely. And it made sense because the 20th, anniversary and we thought they were going to tour so it made sense to do another band that we were getting ready for the tour yeah but i think actually they became more important because of what's going on in the world right now particularly in terms of racial discussions i think as a band they really open up a lot of questions around that the respect of female artists within the industry and the struggles yeah particularly female artists of color i mean god all of the women in what we've discussed here are goddamn hustlers and deserve more respect. I and... am never going to stop talking about the financial aspects of pop music. Yeah. Half the band to go bankrupt just seems like madness to me. And, and who I... is supporting them? Yeah. Accountants need to snap up. Yeah. And also the mental support that artists need. Yeah. Yeah. That um, exhausting, drilling schedule. Other yeah. than Heidi and Jade, they've all said about their mental health difficulties. Yeah. And maybe that's just that everyone as a human being goes through mental health difficulties in their life. Actually, and we need Heidi, to be more open about addressing Yeah, it. Heidi she... has taught on the ladies of Liverpool, she talks about that stage after the band oh, even break your right. Yeah. This total mental sort yeah. of state. Yeah. So that is us for this series. Sorry it took so long. I know we... you guys were so patient. Thank and you. You you gave us lots of feedback and, and requests. just like a huge thanks. You know we've been seeing like tweets with people saying that this is our favorite podcast of like last year and most that... listened. Yeah, no, maybe not last year now because it's been so long. <laughs> but it really blows yeah. my mind. Like, yeah. thank you so much. Every I mean... time we see those figures, we're like, what? what? It's yeah, good. It's cool. So yeah, keep keep with us and keep Sugar Patreoning. Yeah, that so you can still bit. join our Sugar Patreon, be our Sugar Mamas and Sugar Daddies. And it's not just going to be about the sugar babes. No, we are going to do lots of different type of content. We'll do content on request if there's certain things you want to know more about. 
Aaron's prepared to get his monocle and magnifying glass out yes. to research your pop questions. And I'm prepared to get on my soapbox and like have some kind of random, you know, political prepared rant. Prepared to get on? You can't You're get on it, mate. Can't I'm get on like... your soapbox if you're never off it. Yeah, it's true. I just, it's like, it's got wheels. I just wheel around on it. <laughs> but that's exactly how we should be, you know. Yeah. Right? Politically out more. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this is a big thank you to you. We will get another podcast out another series we promise we promise it won't be so long next time yeah Mm. (laughs) it won't be it won't take us this long because we won't have a global pandemic no it's been a pleasure guys love you classy this podcast was brought to you by three friends who love pop music what we love more is reaching as many people as possible so if you've enjoyed this please share this either with people directly or through your socials. If this hasn't been enough for you, well, lucky day, there is more content on our social medias at Pod of the Pops, or you can be one of our lucky exclusive fans that joins our Sugar Patreon, where we have exclusive content, including video reviews, there's some stand-up on there, there's all sorts. If there's anything you want to get in touch with us about and you want to let us know anything you want more of, then just let us know on any of our socials at Pod of the Pops. All of the details for all of this are also available on our website, www.podofthepops.co.uk. We love you so much for listening. Pod of the Pops was written by Erin Twitchin and produced with Lauren Cameron and Karen Gibb. Thank you to our Patreons for making this podcast possible. Love you and see you next time. <laughs>